0: In the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to paraphrase it, but the team may put it up. And you need to go read this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a pretty extravagant story. But in the Bible, it talks about there was a city and it was completely surrounded. Israel had been cut off and all its inhabitants were were under siege. And they became in such a crisis that They ran out of all their food. All of their rations were gone. They were in dire, dire condition. And they became so desperate. They were so hungry to have anything to eat that the Bible began to say they were so hungry that things that would have been unacceptable for consumption, they were actually fighting over. That... They were so hungry that they were fighting over things that normally they would never consume, that they would never eat. For example, the Bible talks about how they were, the people in the city became so hungry that they would pay 80 shekels of silver just to buy a donkey's head to eat it. They would peel off the skin, boil it down. That's how desperate they were to eat anything. And if that's not bad enough, continue reading. Because then people would begin to pay five shekels of silver to eat a cup of dove's dung, dove's waste, because they were so desperate. You see, when you're hungry, if you don't learn to consume the right things to fill that hunger, you will begin to feed on things that you never said you would consume. Hunger will drive you to do things that you've never done before. And I want to come around this word hunger today, and I want to preach to you from the subject, stay hungry. Stay hungry. Tell your neighbor, stay hungry. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice. God, we wanna give you this new year. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today in the hidden places of our life. Lord, as we begin this journey to seek you first, I pray, Lord, that the hunger that we have will turn into a hunger for you, God. That we would have a hungering for your spirit and for your word and for who you are. That we would not just live another year just going through the motions, but we would truly have a hungering for you, Jesus. So God, speak to us today. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Let it cut through the bone and marrow of our life and of our perspectives, of our mentalities. Let it cut down back to the core of what your word says so that way it can be exemplified in our life. So God, we we give you this moment first and we pray that you would have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said a big amen. 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 Have you ever had a time in your life when your stomach growled and started making these weird noises at like the most real inconvenient time. Anybody ever had that happen? Like, like, have you ever been sitting, maybe it's about to happen right now already, like you've just began your fast and it's like already starting. But it's, it's an embarrassing thing. It's this embarrassing noise that comes from the middle of your body and you have absolutely no control over it. Just begins to like People are like, what's wrong with you? You see, your body has something called ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N, ghrelin. And in the simplest way that I can put it, it is something that makes your stomach growl. It is, ghrelin is a hunger hormone, they call it that, the hunger hormone that causes your, your stomach to growl. It also is what triggers your body to tell you you're hungry. How many of you have a good Greelin in the place today? You're like, yes, I have good Greelin, or whatever it is. I, I'm a green, and green and Greelin go real good together, so that's how it works. But you see, nobody has to go around and try to remember to be hungry. <laughs> we don't have to do that. That is something, because Greelin, about every once, every two or three hours, Greeland begins to assault you with this noise and this feeling, and you begin to have these grumblings happen, and it reminds you, hey, you need to eat. And that growling noise will only stop, that embarrassing sound and feeling will only stop when you begin to feed it a Twinkie or a cheeseburger. Some of you are like, please stop talking about food. It's only like 10 o'clock and I just began and I'm already dying over here. But you better get used to that because over the next few days, you're going to be hearing your greelin kick in. You see, nobody tries to remember to eat. Maybe you may skip a a meal or two during the work week because, you know, you're you're rushing through things and you forget to eat. But 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 you don't have to remember really to eat because that hormone, the ghrelin hormone begins to stir up all throughout the day. It's like, feed me. You have not eaten lunch. I don't know why I go to that accent, but it just happened. Ghrelin begins to kick in. So here's what I'm saying to you, that you're gonna think during this fast that God is recreating the miracle that he did in the book of Joshua when he made the sun stand still. It's going to feel like the day is not moving. And you're going to look at your watch and be like, surely it's like 2.30 in the afternoon and it's going to be 9.30 a.m. in the morning and you're going to be so hungry, you're going to, be, you're going to begin to think that time has stopped, the day has stopped, I can't do this, this is nuts, but let me tell you, that's when the fast is beginning to work. That's when you, you will begin to understand why Jesus did this and why he instructed and commanded his disciples to do this in seasons of prayer and fasting. And I wanna give you such, I pray that, that God will give you such a spiritual greelin, a spiritual hunger for God throughout this entire fast that will begin to stir in you that says, I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need Jesus. I need to go to church. I can't have another year like I had. I can't go through another year like I just went through. I can't just go through the emotions of Christianity. And I'm praying that spiritually that something begins to growl in your intestines that is disturbing you on the inside that says, I need God. I need to pray. I need him to move in my life. I'm praying that it will begin to become so real that you will reach a point in your daily life where your spiritual life becomes as active as your snack life. I mean, your snack life. When the hormone, the hunger hormone begins to start, you'll do anything to look and grab for some chips and salsa. You'll grab those M&M's. That's my wife's deal, M&M's right now. You, you, you'll be looking for this or looking for that. Give me, give me that Oreo. Give me that cheeseburger. And I'm praying that your spiritual hunger will become as just as active as your hunger for snacks. That you'll get, I pray that you get just as miserable as you feel when you need to eat, to have a hungering for God. I pray that it grips you. Some of you are like, "Please stop praying for that. That is that is not nice." I know I pray that it grips you at some point that this fun thing that we're doing that started out with the motive. Well, I guess, you know, I'll do that. I can lose a few pounds. You know, that'd be nice. I pray and I promise you it's that little feeling and that thought's going to wear off in your mind real quick. And you're going to be able to tell yourself there's a whole lot easier ways to lose a few pounds than doing this. But when it does, that's when all the distractions are beginning to clear out. That's when Jesus is becoming real in your life. And if you'll let him, he'll come into your life into a powerful and new way that, that this, I pray that, that, that annoying, that, that gnawing, that, that hunger that you get when you don't have physical food, I'm telling you that now you're going to have some gnawing, you're going to have some hungering, you're going to have some growling and a spiritual dimension for spiritual food. And I pray that somebody says, I want a spiritual hunger for God. I want God to move in my life like he's never done before. Fasting is not about God doing a miracle for you. Fasting is about seeking the face of God. And We get it twisted like, well, I'm a fast, so God will do this for me. No, you got it all backwards. You need to fast so you can just draw close to your heavenly father so you can hear his heartbeat. What does it beat for? I want to ask you the question that you need to ask yourself. And that is this, are you hungry for God? Ask yourself that genuinely. Are you hungry for God? Truly hungry. And I believe over the next 21 days, we're going to really find out who's really hungry for God. Especially tomorrow morning at 630 when we start our morning prayer. Oh, yeah, I'm extending the challenge. I'm, I'm doing all this Right now on you. Why? Because we cannot live with this casual Christianity anymore. We can't just go through the motions that I just go to church. No, you belong to this place. This is a place to find belonging and belong to to be a community. And it's also a place for you to draw near to him. And when you draw near to him, he said, I'll draw near to you. Are you willing to say in 2022 that I'm not willing to live another year like I did with some of the things I had happen last year? I'm not willing to sit here and just go through the motions because I'm hungry for my heavenly father. You see, all along in our journey. We need to show God that we hunger for him and that nothing else can satisfy. Along your Christian journey, you need to be able to show God your faith in that. And I believe with all of my heart that if you don't direct your spiritual hunger in seasons to feed and hunger after spiritual things, then those hungers, if you're not careful, if you don't direct them toward God and his word and worship that in a greater relationship with Jesus, then those hungers will direct you to the wrong things. You'll begin to feed on things on the Internet. You will begin to feed on things that are carnal that begin to leave your soul lean and empty and you begin to dry up. And spiritually, it'll be so long since you've had a touch from Jesus because you're feeding on only carnal things. That's really a God hunger crying out to say, come to me, draw near to me and fasting and prayer. If you draw near to me, God says, I'll draw near to you. That's what fasting is all about. But too often we don't take the time to ever feed our hunger for God. We tried to to substitute it with with junk food, donkey's heads and and doves dung, if you will. And I believe that if we do not address that spiritual hunger for more of God, that you will begin to fill it with things. More and more, and you'll become so desperate to feel what only God can feel. It'll just become another thing. It'll become another trip. It'll become another entertainment. It'll become another distraction. Another let's just go to the game. Let's let's go to the lake. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to the mountain. Let's try this. Let me get that house. This let me get that car. And we keep trying to fill the God hunger. But there is a gnawing. There is a grumbling inside that is desperate. God. Nothing, let me tell you, nothing can meet the need of God in your life but seeking him. Nothing. And when you seek him first, scripture tells us that in all these things, your worries, your doubts, the situations, the things you need, if you'll seek me first, all these things will be added to you, the scripture says. In this story in 2 Kings, it goes on to say the Bible tells us in chapter seven that tells us that there was these lepers and they were actually outside of the city during this time. It's bad enough. I mean, in other words, they're they're an outcast. Lepers were an outcast. They were not allowed to live inside the city. I mean, it's bad enough to be inside the city during when you're cut off in a famine where people are buying and eating dove, like donkey's heads and dove's dung. That's a pretty bad place to be on the outside, but it's because they were lepers. And they had a disease that would cause literal body parts to, to fall off. And I believe, spiritually speaking, their life was falling into pieces. They were told that, that they weren't good enough, that they're not important enough, that they're not important enough to be inside with the rest of us. And let me just go ahead and stop and say this for a minute. Don't you dare let the enemy tell you that you're not important enough in 2022. You don't dare let the enemy tell you that you don't matter. You don't dare let the enemy tell you that that you're just going to sit here and you're just going to die. Because let me tell you, sometimes the least likely people are the most hungry people. Sometimes the people who are at most disadvantaged are the people that get overlooked. Some people say that, that you may be an outcast. You're not gifted enough. You're not talented enough. But let me tell you, if you've got hunger... If you've got a spiritual gremlin, hunger will drive you in the grind. Hunger will get things done that talent and gift things cannot do for you. Is there anybody in the house today that is hungry for God to do something in their life? In the story, you get these four lepers outside of the wall. They have nothing to eat. They're, they're desperate for something, and they get to a point where they ask this question. Why sit here until we die? Why do we need to sit here and just die? You see, the the only thing that will move you out of your comfort zone, that will move you out of complacency, out of the the pit that you're in, the only thing that will move you out of those things into what God has for you, the only thing that will get you there is to stay hungry. The only thing that lifted them up out of their self-pity was hunger. The only thing that lifted them up out of their excuses, which, by the way, we do a really good job. We got education in excuses. Some of y'all got master's degrees, PhDs. I even stuttered with it because that's how much you've got. The only thing, though, that pushed them out of their, their, their situation was hunger. The only thing that began to move them from where they were to move into what God had for them was Hunger. Hunger will drive you. Hunger will push you. Hunger will, will, will push you into places. And when you fast and you pray and you have a hunger for God, it will move you into dimensions that you've never experienced. The Bible said that there were four of them. And as I was reading this story, I probably think, you know, they're so hungry at this point. One of them's got tacos on his mind. Los Cucos. Praise the Lord Jesus. Papacitas. One of them's got fried chicken on his mind. Thank you, KFC. Thank you, Popeyes. Chick-fil-A, we'll, we'll put you in there. this fried chicken, but it's not real fried chicken. It's the godly chicken. Heaven on Earth. <clears throat> chicken biscuit and honey. Some of y'all are like, "Please stop." They're closed on Sundays. Thank you, Pastor, for that reminder. One of them maybe had Krispy Kreme donuts. We, you know, we didn't even sell donuts this morning. Why? Because we're going to make sure everybody goes on a fast. <laughs> we'll put some fruits and some vegetables. We'll get some celery sticks and maybe some ranch for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're welcome. We believe it at that moment. I'm for real. We didn't, we didn't sell donuts, did we? We didn't sell them. See? Volunteer Central don't even have all that good stuff. But you see, one of them stood up. There was four of them. One of them stood up. Let me tell you, it only takes one. It only takes one. One light, one person, one person who's hungry for God, one person who says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. One person who says, I need God to do something, I'm desperate. One of the lepers said, I can't sit here and anymore. I can't just stay here and die. We're all gonna die if we just stay sitting in this situation. Now I want you to listen to his thinking that happened in 2 Kings. He said, so he says what he said. He said, so let's go over to the camp of the Aramaeans and surrender. And if they spare us, this, this guy had a college degree. Look at his look at his look at his, his, his ideology right here. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we die. He was a college graduate from UT, I'll tell you what. <laughs> we we still you're still welcome here, you know, he's once you know. But you see, that hunger began to drive them. He, he he began to think there's got to be more. And it was The hunger that that began to move him toward his destiny, began to move him towards his purpose and the miracle that God was wanting to provide for him. And I believe with all my heart that that, that there are things that God will do for you and, and will only do for people who have a hunger for him. That when you fast and when you pray and you begin to have this hungering for God to do something, that it will bring you up out of your challenges and out of your situations. That when you have a hunger for God, it will bring you out of your comfort zone. It will move you up out of your self-pity. It will move you up out of that depression that you keep finding yourself in. It will move you up out of that hopelessness. you got to stay hungry. Tell your neighbor, you got to stay hungry. No, no. You gotta say it. Say it to your other with, with some gall and some growl. going. and say, "You gotta stay hungry, hungry, not not hungry. You gotta stay hungry." Somebody said it. So, hungry. You see, hunger begin to move them, and it began, They begin to take steps, and all four of them, they begin to take steps towards the enemy's camp. And in Second Kings chapter six, the people. Go keep reading it. I held one out, but I'm going to tell you about the people even kept getting more desperate inside the city to eat anything That, that the Bible gives us even one more astonishing description of how hungry these people were, that these people became so hungry that the Bible said that they began to boil and eat their own babies. Their own flesh and blood, they begin to make bargains and say, we'll eat your kid today and we'll eat my kid tomorrow. Go read your Bible. Think about that. We don't understand hunger in America. These people were so desperate and so hungry, they were willing to go turn on each other and turn on their own flesh and blood. These people were so desperate for hunger. and What I want you to understand about that is that when people do not fill their spiritual hunger with the right things. They will begin to to take things and do things, and God will begin to, or, or the enemy will begin to come into those homes. They'll begin to come into marriages and families and nations, and they'll begin to start feeding on donkeys' heads and dove's dung and and begin to eat off carnality enough that they think that oh well this will bless my marriage and this is good enough and then this will be okay. But when you truly have a hunger for God with and you and you and you seek God's face through fasting and through prayer, God will begin to turn those situations around, and you. Really You really find where your marriage can come together. You really find where your home can come together. You really find where a nation will come together and stop feeding off each other. (laughs) When you don't do that, you begin to start devouring each other. You start attacking one another on the Internet. You begin to attack each other in person. The enemy comes in to try to divide families, and he becomes to divide homes and marriages and nations and humanity. When it's really just a sign that there is a growl for someone who needs to begin to consume spiritual appetite, someone to get a hunger for God that changes their attitude, that that opens their eyes to bigger things, not just devouring one another. And I'm praying that somebody will hear me preaching today and say, I want and I cannot have another year like I had. I cannot sit here with this addiction for another 12 months. I cannot sit another day in this depression and not get out of this hole. I'm talking to you. That's watching this online right now. I refuse to live like this any longer. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. I'm desperate. I'm hungry for you, God. You see, you've got to get a hunger for God that only God can fix. Only God can fulfill. Because let me tell you, God can do it in your family. God can do it in your marriage. God can do it in your life. God can do it in that addiction that you have. God can do it in that brokenness you feel. God can do it in that loneliness that you're having. God can do that in your finances where you seem to have nothing and he'll make something of nothing. God can do that in your business that you started and you weren't sure how it was gonna go and you're not sure how with 2020 and everything happened. God can do it in your business. God can do it in that prodigal son or in that son or daughter that's far away from God that you've raised in church and you brought them to church and you taught them about God and you said and prayed with them but they're still out doing their own thing. God can do it for your family. But you have to have a hunger for God. The Bible said in Lamentations, it says to be slain with the sword. It's better to be to be slain with the sword to be slayed in hunger. One translation said it's better to go down fighting than to sit there and die. So for good or for bad, hunger will drive you. You just got to learn how to feed Hunger with the right spiritual things. There's another story in the Bible of a man named Esau. Esau came down from a hunting trip, and the Bible said he was so hungry. And his brother came out, his brother's name was Jacob, he came out and he said, "Listen, I'll offer you a bowl of beans if you'll give me your birthright. He's so hungry, he's been out days on end hunting. He said, I'll offer you a bowl of beans. And in a moment of weakness, because he did not feed the hunger for God, he tried to put carnal things in for a hunger for God. And Esau lost his birthright. He, he, he gave in in a moment and everything that was supposed to be his, he lost. And that's why fasting is so important. That's why it's not just for the people around you and not for you. No, this is for you, sir. This is for you, ma'am. This is for you, Dad. This is for you, Mom. This is for you, business person. This is for you, college student. This is for you, teenager. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. My parents said it. Mm hmm. God says there are things that hunger will take you to that that you'll never reach unless you're hungry for God. There are dimensions that God wants to experience with you that you won't find unless you have a hunger for Him. He says, "Because I have it all, and I'll give you all of it, but you got to have a hunger for me. I'm the one who lifts one up and the one who takes someone down. I am the one. Are you? I want you to see what God has promised us in Matthew five. He says that that they that hunger and thirst for righteousness says what shall be filled. They that hunger." And thirst for righteousness shall be filled. The Bible said that Esau lost his birthright because he fed his hunger with something that was temporary. Instead of a hunger that would make him not be hungry anymore. That wouldn't that would satisfy him. There's one more story I want. I'm trying to pull all these stories. I want you to show what hunger will do. There was another story in the Bible about a prodigal son in the book of Luke where the prodigal son told his father to give him all of his inheritance and he wanted to go out and he, wanted to, he started living lavishly. He said, give me everything that's going to be mine. And he left and he went out and started partying and, and, and living lavishly and, and doing all these crazy things. And after he had spent everything, he found himself sleeping in a pig pen. To think about how a Jewish boy sleeping in a pig pen. Let's think about that for a moment. We don't have time to unravel That whole scenario. But he was sitting there so hungry. He had spent everything. He had nothing left in him. And he was so hungry. And he wished that he could eat what the pigs were eating. That's how desperate he was. So the question is, if you continue to read the story, what what got the prodigal son out of that pig pen? What made him come back to the father? What was it? Was it the smell? Was it the stench? No, that didn't do it. It wasn't the disappointment of of after he had spent everything and all the friends abandoned him when he had nothing left. No, that wasn't it. It wasn't the filth that he was in. None of those things drove him back to the Father. None of those things put him back on the path. There was one thing that brought him back to the Father, and it was the question he asked himself in Luke 15, 17. He said, how many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish in hunger? Hunger is what drove him to go home to the father. The thing that drove the prodigal son up and out of the pig pen and out of the filth back to the beauty and the love and the grace of the father's house was hunger. And it's hunger that will cause prodigal sons and daughters when somebody is fasting for them. Hunger will wake them up in their pig pen. Hunger will wake those people up in their addictions. Hunger will wake up the backslider. And if they won't fast for themselves, when we begin to fast for them, when we begin to pray for them, when we begin to fast for our families and for our sons and for our daughters, when we do that, God says, I will use hunger as a force that drives and pushes you back to the path of the Father's house. But it's only when we have a generation that will hunger for God. Too often we try everything else to fill this need in our life. We fill our life with all these distractions and carnal things and the ramifications of that life. But Jesus put it like this in Mark, in Mark 9, he said, this kind of thing only comes out by fasting and prayer. This is the only way it's gonna come out. You see, there's some of our family members, there's some of our friends, there are some associates, people that we work with, people that we do life with, people that are lost and they're on the way to hell. And the only thing that's gonna get them to run out of that muck and out of that mire and on the path to the Father's house is hunger must fast and hunger for God. And when a church of our size and with people all through the internet comes together and, and my stomach's growling at 10 a.m. And, and your stomach's growling at 10.01 and yours is 10.02 and 10.03 and 10.04, there becomes this total irritant to the devil and his demons. And like the scripture said, there's only this kind of spirit will loose when people are hungry and they are fasting and they are praying. It becomes this irritant on the earth, a hunger for God when we begin to fast and pray. Hunger is what will drive lost people home. Hunger is what will heal families. Quit devouring one another and get a hunger for God so he can fix your attitude and he can fix your words and he can fix your anger and he can fix your bitterness so he can fix your unforgiveness. When we stop consuming one another and we start consuming him, that's when things will change in our families, in our homes, and in our nations. It's when we have a hunger for God. I want to ask everyone to stand to their feet with me this morning. I want everyone to do something. I want everyone just to stretch their hands towards heaven. Maybe this is new for you. This is an act of surrender to Jesus. I want to to ask you to say this this prayer with me today. You can say it in your own words, but I want you just to, to pray this with me. Say, Lord, I want you to awaken something in me that growls and groans for your presence. Just like I crave physical and emotional food, I want to crave your word. I want to crave you in seasons of prayer when I get broken and tears flow down my face. I want to stay hungry for you, God. God, I give you this new year. God, I give you my life. I come to seek you these next 21 days. I'm I'm going to do something I've never done before, and I want you to do something you've never done before in my life. God, I want you to touch me. I want you to move me. I want to move out of my comfort zone. I want to hunger for you, oh God. I want you to align me with your divine purpose and plan. May this be the year that breakthrough comes in my life and in my marriage and in my situation. May this be the year that mighty things happen. May this be the year, God, that you visit my life and I look back and say, 2022, you opened my eyes, that you showed me what I had never dreamed, that you showed me your will, you showed me the things I've never seen and most of all God you showed me who you were and who you are God we want to hunger for you we want to seek your face Jesus can we sing this song just a little bit Just a minute more. Begin to express. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. Come on, church, lift your voice. only you can satisfy touch us Jesus in this room today and even through this camera there are people who are lost who are searching and who are seeking who are saying and have been saying I can't live like this another year Why sit here until I die? Why should I sit here and let my life just fall to pieces? Let me tell you, friend, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. That you can actually run to Jesus this morning. You can can come home to the Father. A father who sees you a long way off, and when he sees you, he says, go kill the fattened calf. Go, go get the robe, put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet, and he will embrace you and run to you and wrap his arms around you and give you a big sloppy kiss on your cheek and say, welcome home. Let me tell you, as a church, we've been hungry for you so that you would have a year where you would experience Jesus, that you would. Be able to have an opportunity to turn your life around so you can experience Jesus do real things in your life and if that's you today and you're in this room and you're saying something is missing something is missing in my life and you've tried to speed your feed your spiritual hunger with with other things but no longer do you want to do that no longer do you want to live your life feeling empty Let me tell you it's time to come home this morning let this be the year where you start your life by putting Jesus Lord of your life by putting him first in your life and in your family's life and in your home the Bible says that if you were surrendered to him says that Jesus will wipe all your sins away that the grace of God that is a free gift will cover you and that you will receive the free gift of salvation if you pray a prayer So I ask the question, why not let this year be the year of new beginnings for you? Why not start this year off right? Why not get your life back on track? Why not? Why not? And if that's you today, I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray with you. And I want to do something today. If you're in this room, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to count down from three. And if you want to make a fresh start in your life, if you want to know that you're going to heaven, if you want to turn your life to Jesus today, if you want to give Jesus this new year and say, God, I'm not going to do it my way. I want to do it your way. I want to stop doing it, the things that I think is right. I want to do, God, what you want for my life. And you want to turn your life to Jesus. And I'm going to do something today. If I'm going to count down from the, if that's you, I want you to come down to the front with me. And if you need to bring somebody with you, Then you grab that person, just grab somebody in the aisle, say, I need you to come with me. I want to get my life right. I want to turn my life around. I need Jesus. I'm desperate. I'm hungry. I need him to change my life. I don't want to live this way anymore. If that's you, when I say one, I want you to come down. Three. Come on, church. Two. If that's you, one, I want you to get out of your seat and make your way down to this aisle. Come on, church. people that are down here making a new decision to follow God. Today is a new day. Today is a fresh start. Today is a day where you're going to give Jesus the reins of your life and he's going to change your life. He's going to turn it around. Today you're joining the family of God. And a body of believers who is here to support you, is here to be with you. And I want us to pray this prayer together, church. And if you hadn't came down and you still want to come down, come on, come down. But let's pray this prayer together. Every person in this room, every person down here that's making that decision, and every person, even online, wherever you may be, in your living room, in your kitchen, at work, in your car, let's pray this prayer together. Let's make this declaration of faith together. Let's believe it in our heart. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus raised was raised from the dead, it says, I will be saved. So let's pray this prayer together. Out loud where your ears can hear you say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and from raising from the grave. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean, make me new. I put you Lord and leader of my life. Let this year be the year of new beginnings, of a fresh start, of God moving in my life. I give you my life today, God. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shout a big amen.